0: Greetings humans, you have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. i don't know the do, words do, do, do. you
2: know what's funny is i was actually gonna do a christmas song really <laughs> i noticed that on twitter and you're mr christmas i'm the opposite i'm
1: like when i hear christmas music for the first time uh, i'm like uh, can't wait the most beautiful time of year is upon us christmas music is here guys I really by the time d- you're listening to this is probably thanksgiving or close to it yep um so that's about the time, I guess,
2: that Christmas music starts. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, everybody. Yeah, I hope, if you're in the U.S. and you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope that it's an awesome one. I hope you've got your friends and family, your home and hearth, and I hope that everything was great. And playing
1: Magic as well.
2: Oh, yeah, what a great time what to get together with the siblings time. and the friends, and yeah, I try and do that every time I go home, because I started playing in high school, so oh, yeah, yeah, I try and get like a couple friends that I used to play with
1: in high school to come nice. play. Yeah. Well, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to an episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. It's time to finish it off with the final Commander 16 precon deck tech. Holy crap, we made it. Or we almost made it. We're almost there. <laughs> 45 minutes from now, we'll be there. <laughs> so we're
2: going to talk about Saskia and the open hostility deck, which is the blue list deck. Um, so that's a fun one. But first, we got a couple of things to, to um, announce, I guess. We've already announced them to talk about. Upkeep. Upkeep. It's uh, First of all, we started a Patreon. If you haven't heard, the time has finally come. Where we're asking for your help and your support. We've uh, done the show up till now, which is a little over two years, 130 episodes, all on our own dime, out of our own pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. It has cost a decent amount of money. We are not looking to recoup what we've already spent. We're just looking, moving forward to be able to, you know, sort of get to break even, maybe get
1: a little bit extra so we can do some of the cool things that you guys want us to do. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you guys go to patreon.com slash command zone. You'll see that we have a lot of tiers uh, for each episode. So if you contribute to the show, there is a lot of different things that you, the listener, can also get from it. Uh, And it's easy as just a dollar per show, honestly. And it makes a huge, huge difference for us because it lets us expand our sort of boundaries on what we can do because obviously budgets and stuff are always in the way and time as well. And having The support of you all is going to help us make the show better in a lot of ways and also help it sustain itself so that we don't keep (laughs) draining the pockets. (laughs) There's only so far we can go. We've reached
2: the limit. Uh, I like what you said. One dollar is really... I mean, we put other tiers on there, and I'm happy if people want to do that. But one dollar per show, that feels like a reasonable rate to me, yeah. and it feels—and that's really going to help us out a lot. And maybe kitchen table fables, more gameplay videos. There's some things on the horizon that we'd like to do, and this will help help us get there.
1: Yeah, think about it this way: if you if you give a dollar per show every month, that's four dollars. That's a cup of coffee, that's and you get four hours of entertainment. Four hours! Wow, you don't even get that from some—that's like two movies. You don't even get, yeah, it's that's like we're almost equivalent to a Hollywood blockbuster too. <laughs> all right certainly in levels of quality i was gonna say it's like a short video game or something oh very short uh this show is also brought to you by cardkingdom.com who is our gracious sponsor of the podcast make sure you guys go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone it's the best place guaranteed to buy your singles and c16 pre decks you're gonna want to go there because one they ship out incredibly quickly we've literally only received positive feedback which is something that i cannot claim for literally anything else in my life so they're great I just won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> you give me some feedback right now. CardKingdom.com/slash/CommandZone. Uh, Make sure you guys check it out. Support the show and let them know that we sent you. All right, on to our main topic: the Open
2: Hostility deck, the Saskia deck, Commander 2016. This is the Blue List deck, which I took this sort of lead on, which was outside of my comfort zone, Jimmy. Yeah, it's like when I took the Red List deck. Yeah, so, crazy. What so, are we
1: doing with our lives? Well, we're just,
2: you know, we're pushing we're pushing boundaries. Yeah, that, yeah, that we are. So just like all the other deck techs, we are going to discuss this deck in a couple of ways. One, we're going to break it down straight out of the box. So just what it's got in it, what the stats look like, and sort of what it's trying to do so that you know if you open it and you don't change it at all, that just sort of what the game plan is and how you might want to sequence your cards in that manner. And then we're going to also... Do a quick upgrade. It's not a full tuning. It's not meant to be like, hey, after you do this, the deck's good, and it's never going to have to be changed. This is just like, hey, if you want to take it and quickly upgrade it so that it's probably, at least it'll have a chance among your regular playgroup. It's not going to be maybe the most powerful deck in your playgroup, but it, these 15 cards or so that you can add in will just make it a lot a, better. A lot better. And, a uh, lot better. <laughs> yeah. And and also, you can go into the show notes afterwards, and we'll have the full list of the cards that we think you should take out as well. Mm-hmm. So. Let's start with the new legendaries. Jimmy, this
1: first one you got to play, actually, in our gameplay video. Yeah, and it did incredibly well, surprisingly. Timna the Weaver... One white and a black for a legendary creature, Human Cleric. It's a 2-2. It has a lifelink. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn. If you do, draw X cards. So if Timna and one other creature swings at Josh and Craig, I pay two life at the end, uh, beginning of my second main phase, and then I draw two cards, which is pretty good because there are two opponents that got dealt damage. Um, this card ended up doing a lot of work just because there's always someone to hit. Even if you're paying one life for one card. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. And you gain a little life off it if you're swinging with Timna. You drew a lot of cards out of it. I'd, I want to say like eight or nine cards probably in that yeah. game. Yeah. And it didn't make a difference, unfortunately.
2: Well, I mean, it did. It just it didn't end up winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this card was surprising to me. It was much better than I thought. I think that a three mana 2-2 just by itself that's going to draw you a couple cards is actually pretty good because mm-hmm. very often if you play, play it on turn three,
1: It's going to hit somebody once or twice. Yeah. Oh, and this card, of course, has partner. So it can exist in the command zone with another card that has partner as well. Another partner commander is Ravos, Soul Tender.
2: It's three white black for a legendary creature, human cleric. A two-two has flying. says other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So he's an anthem. And also at the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Hey that's it you don't have to do combat damage or anything you just recur a creature from your graveyard to your hand now it's not to the battlefield but still pretty good um yep i don't know we didn't see this one in play i don't think
1: no and i oh, i, I craig, chose craig tim no over it. this yeah, yeah craig
2: did get it out once but it really was just the anthem
1: effect that it and was he had using. no creatures in his graveyard yeah. i think because he exiled them <laughs> with some other effects
2: yeah so he's like well all my creatures get plus one plus one i guess
1: yeah <laughs> so a five mana two two for a flyer and that's eh, it's okay um the yeah yeah, it's okay. okay. I think this card is good in the deck. Um, it's
2: It might be good as a partner partner with something else because recursion like that is very strong and it's, mm-hmm. you don't need to meet any other criteria. Just have uh, a Ravos out. I always want to say yeah. Davos.
1: Davos of Stavos yeah. Seaworth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the last partner commander is Tana, the Bloodsower, or Tana. Two a red and a green, so she's Gruul, for a two-two legendary creature elf druid with Trample, whenever Tana the Bloodsoaker deals combat damage to a player, create that many one-one green sapling creature tokens. And she has a partner, so obviously you want to buffer up so that her Trample gets through. This card it seems to be pretty good in any deck that wants to do a lot of gruel-based combat damage.
2: Yeah, it's a four-mana two-two that you have to do work really at that point. I think to get her through when she yeah. does hit, it's good, but it's not game-breaking. I think she's okay, but she's not. She's not amazing. Yeah, she's not amazing. She's no (laughs) Prosh. She's no Prosh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then the four-color commander is Saskia. If you watched our gameplay video, Saskia played a pretty major role in the first game and Mm -hmm. is a very powerful card. Saskia the Unyielding is blueless, so black, red, green, and white, for a 3-4 human soldier, legendary, obviously, has vigilance and haste. It says, as Saskia the Unyielding enters the battlefield, choose a player, and then whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. A couple of things here. One is that Saskia's trigger is as she enters the battlefield. So mm-hmm. we had, I think we, in one episode we said, oh, you should panharmonic on it. That won't, that won't work. Nope. Um, also, when Saskia hits a player and then deals that much damage to the chosen player, you can hit the chosen player, and yeah, then deals- also <laughs> deal the damage again to the chosen player. So Oof. it can sort of double strike an, a player. But it's unstoppable Sas- double
1: strike almost.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's very good. But then also, of course, the most common usage, which is like, I want to hit Craig, but Craig's not open because he has a lot of, you know, maybe ghostly prison effects up mm-hmm. or a lot of creatures. But Jimmy doesn't have very many blockers. So I play Saskia naming Craig and then I swing all my creatures at Jimmy. And then when Jimmy gets hit, it also
1: hits Craig. Um that's how we killed josh kim is uh, Craig yeah. swung at me for 30 i just decided not to block lethal to josh because i knew that damage was going to hit him as well so it, very interesting politically as well yeah it's a powerful powerful card um but you do have to
2: get through for combat damage okay so let's move on to the stats section <laughs> stats stats
1: Oh man, we got that down. We gotta animate that someday. <laughs> it reminds me of the Pone Zone intro in VGHS. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Terry Which is a little bit A Team, a little bit Sports Center. Yeah, exactly. Terry can play that for you guys right now. <laughs> we'll do that, but for stats next time. <laughs> next time. Eventually. Well, you know, depending on how the Patreon goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Maybe C <C-17>. seventeen.
2: <laughs> um, so the card draw statistic is there's only three. What? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like this very much, especially in a deck like this, which is aggro, it's blueless, it wants to be attacking with creatures, you're going to have people block and trade and kill your creatures, people are going to board wipe, you just need to be able to refill your Mm -hmm. hand. I didn't like that. Um, Ramp, though, 10. Hey, That's right where we want it. Yeah, I like that. Good job, everybody. Um, Targeted removal, there's a lot, and it makes sense when you think about it. There's seven targeted removal spells. Wow. So this is a category that makes sense for an aggro deck because especially one that doesn't really particularly care which person it's hitting. It just wants to hit a person. So it's just like, oh, right. who's got the less cre- least creatures? Remove a couple of them, now attack. Yeah. Um, or just maybe remove the one you've got. So that's a good one. And then board wipes, there's only one. Now, this is a creature-based combat aggro deck. And so generally, those decks don't want to wipe the board. However, they still sometimes do. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of multiplayer where it's just unpredictable to the point where... No matter what kind of deck you are, there's going to be situations where a board wipe's the only thing that's going to give you any sort of a chance. Yeah. And so
1: I don't like having only one. I think that's too few. That's beyond too few. It's, it's almost non-existent. What's yeah. the chances of you? One in 99, you're going to draw this board wipe.
2: And you really don't have tutors and stuff in, de- in the pre-cons. So yeah. that's something we haven't been talking about with all of them. Obviously, you can add tutors to sort of increase the consistency. of all of them. It's not fun to talk about, so we haven't talked about it. <laughs> um, okay, so some other categories. Damage to the face. There's five cards that will deal damage to the face in some way. That's quite a bit. It makes sense. You want to get somebody kind of low, then hit somebody else, steal the damage. You know, your really wants the game to be a scrum where everybody's taking damage because that's the point where she's going to be the most powerful, where you can kind of KO two people at once, right? right. It's going to be harder when two people are at forty or three people are at forty. Mm-hmm. Um, cards that encourage all players to attack. There's one. Creatures with power two or less. This was interesting to me because I was thinking of the deck would be more like a bunch of big creatures, right? Right. But it's actually not. There's a lot of creatures with power two or less. There's 18. 18. Yeah. Out of 29 creatures. So most of the creatures have power two or less. Um,
1: now some of them can grow like mana gorgeousger hydro or a Ravosil tender uh, makes pumps them bigger. everyone else yeah but but in still, general eighteen
2: yeah so there's a lot of small creatures there's also a lot of token creators which is interesting so there's seven cards that create tokens in some manner Tana' is one of them or mm-hmm. Tana um so and then cards that pump your team because there's seven artifact or sorry seven token creators so right. I was like okay and a lot of little creatures so it feels like oh go wide but there's only three cards that pump your team hmm. uh So, it's interesting. I mean, listen, there aren't a lot of surprises here. So, we're in the what does this tell us section. There aren't a lot of surprises. It's an aggro.
1: What What does does this tell us?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It it lost some of the ring to it. (laughs) Stats. So, this is an aggro deck. Not a lot of surprises, right? Sasuke's ability is powerful, but it doesn't do anything if you're not in combat. Mm -hmm. And Tana and Timna both say the word combat. Specifically, combat damage. The only one of the new legendaries in the deck that doesn't say that is Ravos. That's the only one that basically does anything if you're not actively hitting your opponents uh, for combat damage. So the deck wants to do combat damage. And it it looks like it wants to do it by going a little bit wide rather than taking the tact of going unblockable, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because there's no blue, or by sort of making one big threat that's hard to deal with. Uh, It does have that ability a little bit, like you said, because Mana Gorger and a few things like that, but that looks like it. Um, Ramp is good. There's about 10 ramp cards, like I said. Uh, A decent number of it's creature-based. Oh, no, no. So I would think about replacing some of that with Cultivate-type effects. There is far and Rampant Growth, but it could do with a little bit more. Like we've said many times, it's just way safer to put lands into play. And you're a deck that wants to attack, you don't want your creatures to come out just to tap for mana. That's a really good point. That's a super good point. Because if I play a Birds of Paradise, well, that's not a good attacker. So that's not where I want a creature slot to be taken. Yeah. Uh, and then people are already going to want to destroy all my creatures. I don't want that to not just, you don't want that to do two things for them, right? Right. So if, they, if they're, they're like, crap, he's got a lot of creatures attacking, I want to destroy them all. Well, I want that to set me back as far as my attacking, but I don't want it to simultaneously set my mana back. Oof. Yeah, yeah. yeah because agree. now they're just one-twoing you with the board wipe, and making board wipes against you even better. You're trying to mitigate board wipes, not not increase your uh, what's the word? Your exposure to them. Um, card draws obviously really bad. Three is bad. We're gonna add more uh board wipes and targeted removal we talked about this the removal even maybe a little too high i will say that there's seven removal spells
1: yeah it feels a little too high i would rather of course if you're gonna like be like hey should we put more board wipes in take out card removal i'd be like yep
2: yep (laughs) some of the removal is modal so some of it creates tokens Mm -hmm. some of it also does other stuff so i could see leaving it as it is um i might take out one or two i'm kind of with you but definitely we need at least two or three more board wipes just one is just not enough. When you need it, you're never going to have it. Yeah. And you can find specific types of board wipes that will work for your deck. Because, we, like I said, you're thinking, oh, there's a lot of creatures. I don't want to wipe the board. Well, what about if you play Retribution of the Meek or um, Austere Command, and you're just destroying creatures with, a, a, with high power yeah. and not the low power creatures? It's things like that. Those are the types of board wipes that I might think about. Um, okay, so let's talk about the best cards that are currently in the deck. This I is, love this card. I wouldn't have thought this, but then when looking at the deck and noticing there's 18 creatures with power two or less. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like they built the deck to be an Alesha deck. Who smiles at death. Yeah. Two in red, legendary creature human warrior. whatever. a three, two with first strike. Whenever Alesha attacks, you may pay a hybrid white, black, white, black. So either white, 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 black, or black, black. If you do, return target creature card with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. So you're going to bounce back a lot of sweet stuff with this. In Alessia decks, this is bringing back cards that bring back other cards. This is bringing back cards that have huge effects that all have two or less power. And there are also cards in the Alessia decks that stop them from attacking, remove them from attacking so that you get it. They're not in danger of being killed by a blocker.
2: Yeah, this card, really good in this deck. And also, it does have a bunch of cards that fit the criteria of their power's less in the graveyard than it will be on the battlefield. So mm-hmm. even something like Mana, Gorgor Hydra sort of fits that criteria in that, yeah, it's a 1-1 right now, but later it's going to be really big. So you yep. get a lot of value that way uh, out of Alesha. So good card. The next one I put was Sunforger. I, I want more decks to be able to play this card because it is very powerful. This card, I think, is very good in this deck. So it's a three-mana artifact equipment Equipped creature gets plus four, plus zero. Its equip cost is three. It also has an activated ability. You can put, you can pay Boros, so pay a red and a white. And you unattach Sunforger, so it has to be equipped to, to do this. And then you search your library for a red or white instant card with converted mana cost four or less and cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then shuffle your library. So it gives you, a, you know, if you, if you find a four CMC instant, it gives you a two mana cost discount. You cast it, and you tutor it, too. Yeah. So it's it's it reduces the mana cost on some spells, and it gets you the card you need right now. This is really good. I think there are things in the deck, like, um, I believe, Naya Charm, that mm. can tap all your opponent's creatures. Mm. You know, I'm going to suggest later a few more cards like that that you can find with Sunforger that can make it so that, oh, I didn't have any good attacks. Oh, I Sunforger. Get tap all their creatures down. Now I can attack with everything. And because of Sasuke, I'm hitting two players when I do <sighs> that. And that, those are the sort of out of nowhere things that aggro decks, I feel, need to be able to do. They, yeah. ha- they have to be able to be like, everything looks safe. It looks like I have everything under control. I don't have to worry about the aggro deck. And then
1: they go, boom, you have no blockers now. Well, I didn't count on that. I'm dead. Yeah, the, the value you can get from Sunforger. I mean, even just fetching out a Path to Exile is mm-hmm. pretty good because at instant speed, saying like, hey, no matter what, at any time, I can red-white get a Path to Exile. I would still play red-white for <laughs> Path to Exile. I'll Heck do that. yeah,
2: and utter ends in the deck. So you can oh, go yeah. get
1: that, and you can get rid of the, um, you know, the propaganda or the ghostly prison that's getting in your way. Yeah, it's a good point. It's red or white instant card. It's not just straight red or straight white. You can get your, you know, black-white, spells or whatever and as long as it has one of those colors in it you're good all right
2: let's talk about the cards in the deck right now that are the worst cards (laughs) this card is not good no um so it's necrogenesis it's a green and a black for an enchantment it says pay two exile target creature card from a graveyard create a one one green Sapperling creature token not good in this deck i know someone probably was like "Ah, i love that card listen i don't think this is a horrible card i think it's playable and really if you left it in it'd be fine in this environment, it's not great. It works decent against the Brea deck because they're trying to recur stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's a, that's one use for it. If you're in a meta that has a lot of graveyard recursion and things like right. that, but it's just not a very good rate. Two mana. You you make a one one. You're yeah. not going to really want to do it to your own graveyard because you have things like Alesha. And this isn't a token deck necessarily. Yep. So, I just think it's not good enough it's not that it's bad it's just not good enough i would much much rather take that out and put a card in that's going to draw me cards yeah this next
1: one we talked about before i just really don't like this card yeah but some people in the comments like it i i'm gonna have to disagree with you all evolutionary escalation one in a green for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep put three plus one plus one counters on target creature you control and three plus one counters on target creature and opponent controls Well, that's not going to help you in the long run, I don't think, especially with what this deck's trying to do. Like, making another creature bigger just so you you can get 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters and you're not abusing those counters in any way, you're not proliferating, you're not using them with cards like a five color marchesa deck you know like it it just doesn't get there and it's just a card that you have to wait for your next upkeep you play it for two mana Eh, nothing about this card makes me happy
2: yeah i agree with everything you just said this card is just not very good there's too many better cards we can play in our format you can just play a card that only gives your stuff Mm -hmm. counter so why i don't even understand um let's talk about some notable reprints here so a little bit of value Commander Sphere is a good one uh It's a three-mana artifact. You can tap it to add to your mana pool one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. You can also sacrifice it to draw a card. It's kind of like the command tower of artifacts.
1: Yeah, and you get a card off it at later part of the game, so it replaces itself. Pretty good. Uh, Thunderfoot Baloth 4 green green creature beast 5-5 uh, five, five with trample it has a lieutenant something that was introduced in commander 2016 I believe no, or 2014 just, yeah 2016 is now now so yeah uh, lieutenant says as long as you control your commander Thunderfoot Baloth gets plus 2 plus 2 and other creatures you control get plus 2 plus 2 and have trample trample very important in this deck
2: yeah it's kind of an overrun uh, on a stick and it's very good with all your tokens and all your little creatures and just getting in for damage again remember sasuke just says if any of your creatures deal combat damage to a player they also deal it to the player that
1: you chose so the trample damage will count for that and sasuke has haste as well Mm. so you can thunderfoot Bayloth play sasuke out of nowhere and swing with her as well yep so good times uh, and the other
2: one of notable reprints is Eroas, God of Victory, to a red and a white for a 7-4 legendary enchantment creature god has indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and white is less than 7, Eroas isn't a creature. It says creatures you control have menace
1: and then prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. That part is very important because yep. um, you want to be able to just swing out at someone and not have to worry about, you know. Them dying your creatures, yeah. So having this and the menace, like you're guaranteed going to get in for a lot of damage. And with Saskia out, that is a quick path to their death and your victory.
2: Yeah, because there's situations where like you've got four creatures, they've got two creatures, but all your four creatures are smaller than their two, so you can't really swing in because you just lose two creatures for nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you play eros suddenly they can only now block one of your creatures, and it won't even die. So you're going to get through with three of your creatures. That's just a whole bunch of damage that otherwise wouldn't happen. I like Eros a lot in this deck. Me too. So let's talk about it out of the box. Um, we saw this in action. Craig played it. It was super powerful. Yeah. Um, the, out of the box, a lot of the cards in the deck are powerful. Powerful. So Mana Gorger Hydra is really good in this environment. We just found it hard to remove large creatures. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of swords of plowshares and stuff that we find in normally tuned decks. So it was a lot of games. There was a creature or two that were just growing out of control and there wasn't a lot of ways to find your answers for it. So mm-hmm. you either just had an answer or you didn't, and your top decking for the answer is not a ton of card draw. Um, so in that environment, I feel like Sasuke is very strong, but it's fragile. So if somebody does draw their board wipe, it's kind of hard to kind of get back on your feet. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about cards to add. So this is the fun section. As, as usual, we're just going to do about 15. In the show notes, we'll also say which 15 to take out. This is, not again, not fully tuned after we're done here. Just quick upgrade. So let's add some card draw because three is not enough. I'm not going to talk about all the card draw we're going to add, but Phyrexian Arena is a good one. was recently reprinted a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's one black
1: black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card and lose a life. Simple. Simple. You can play it on turn three uh, or even later. And the card just is It's very de- deceiving how much value it gets you over time. Yep. Because just looking at this, it's like, eh, whatever. But drawing two cards a turn, big deal. Especially if you need to draw a lot over the course of a game.
2: Yeah, I mean, by four or five turns, you've really gotten a lot of
1: value off that card. Yeah. (laughs) Necropotence, Necropotence, I'd never rather say this word. Black, black, black for an enchantment. Skip your draw step. Don't play this with Phyrexian Arena. Just kidding. (laughs) Actually, do play with Phyrexian Arena because you still get a draw card. Uh, Wait, is it the beginning of your draw Oh, No, the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. right. Whenever you discard a card, exile that card from your graveyard. Pay one life, exile the top card of your library face down, put that card into your hand at the beginning of your next end step. So you skip your draw step, but you can just pay 80 life (laughs) or 40 life or 30 life and then draw 30 cards at the beginning of your next end step. This can draw you a ton of cards. Um, You don't really care about your graveyard that much in this deck, I don't think. Um, So it's nice. You can draw a ton of cards and obviously pay a little bit of life for it. Um, it's only when you discard a card you exile that card uh, yes. from your graveyard too. So they normally once they enter the battlefield
2: and die that way they still go to your graveyard. Um, yeah. So it's punishing you if you draw a ton of cards at your end step because then you have to go to your client phase. Yep. But you can just draw three and the next turn draw three or whatever mm-hmm. to keep under it. It's this is one of the cards people talk about as potential ban worthy as far as power level it's not at the top of that list like dead eye and stuff like that but it's on the list that people say it's
1: very it's sort of gristle brandy power level yeah i mean it's a card that says turn three Mm. at the end of your turn you can draw up to like 35 cards yeah (laughs) that's crazy
2: okay so the next category so that's card draw we didn't go too in depth oh crap oh crap oh dobla dobla paper throw uh the next is protect my stuff so that's the next category this is sort of one of the big things about this deck is I don't want it to be quite so exposed to board wipes. I don't want it to just capitulate if somebody mm-hmm. plays a board wipe. I want it to have some game against it. I want it to be able to play out its creatures, get a good board state, and then maintain that board state. And one of the great cards to maintain board state is Gaddock Teague.
1: So, what the Kithkin.
2: Yeah, Gaddock Teague is green-white for a 2-2 legendary Kithkin advisor. It says, non-creature spells with converted mana cost four or greater can't be played. Every board wipe. Just about. I mean, there's a couple toxic deluge that get under it, but mm-hmm. most of your Wrath of Gods cost four or more. Then it says, non-creature spells with X in their mana cost can't be played. So, they can't even play anything with an X in it, uh, unless it's a creature. Gaddock mm-hmm. just is very good at maintaining board state. It's very good at making it so things are difficult to remove, it's hard to just board wipe everything. I mean... Yeah, uh, Cyclonic gets around it and Toxic Deluge. But it narrows the amount of
1: cards you're scared about by a, a, a lot. Yeah. Um, next up is a card I really like, Ghost Way. It's an instant uh, for two and a white. Exile each creature you control. Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So you can actually re-choose a new target with Sasuke Ashika enters the battlefield. Um, also, this is just great. Like board wipe, Whoop! everyone disappears and it comes back. And really, I think that what you said just there
2: about Saskia and choosing a new uh, player for her is the key to why this card sort of bumps it above a lot of cards that would do similar things Mm -hmm. because you get two uses out of it. Yeah, you're holding it there just in case they do a board wipe, but if they don't, it still has use in your deck as like, oh, now I either killed Craig or I'm not so worried about Craig and I don't want Saskia to be hitting that person, so now I can switch it over to Jimmy or whoever. Yeah. Um, Yep, and then talking about maintaining board state, you know, this is an interesting one, and I really I really wanted, have wanted to talk about this card. Never in a million years would I have expected you to say, to say this card. It's Possibility Storm. So it's three red red for an enchantment. Whenever a player casts a spell from his or her hand, that player exiles it. Then exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he or she exiles a card that shares a card type with it. I'm going to pause right there. If you play an instant... You exile the instant you played, and then you flip cards from the top of your deck until you flip an instant. And Mm -hmm. now that instant, you can cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then he or she puts all the exile cards uh, on the bottom of the library in a random order. So anytime you cast a creature spell, anything, you don't get that spell. You get cards off the top of your deck until you get a a spell like that. So either Mm -hmm. a creature, if you cast a creature, an artifact, if you cast an artifact... And then you cast the one that you found. So you never know what you're going to get, which really is great because anytime somebody plays a Wrath of God, they don't get the Wrath of God. Right. They get the next sorcery off the top of their deck, which... which could suck. Could just be like a Cultivate. Yeah. Or it's just probably not a Board Wipe. They yeah. would have to just luckily find a Board Wipe as the next, you know, spell type off the top of their deck that matches. Mm-hmm. So... I think Possibility Storm is actually decent in this deck as a way to like, I've got the board set up, I have it how I want to, I have the advantage, and then boom, drop Possibility Storm. And now all of a sudden, it's really difficult for your opponent to sort of mess with your board because they don't, anything they try to do, it's just going to do a random thing.
1: Yeah. That's really sweet. By the way, this also works very well with Sunforger because it casts the spell from your library, not from your hand. Possibility Storm only affects cards cast from your hand. So if you have Sunforger and Possibility Storm out, you have access to all of those cards in your library. You don't have to worry about Possibility Storm's trigger. You can really shut down the board uh, with a Possibility Storm. I didn't even think of the Sunforger thing. It's even better.
2: It's even better. All right, so the next category we're going to is called Make It a Brawl.
1: I like that. Make It a Scrum. With invasion plans, two and a red enchantment, all creatures block each turn of able. The attacking player chooses how each creature blocks each turn. Each turn. Oh, my goodness. You can set up some really bad blocks. You can be like, all right, attack with everyone. This guy's indestructible. I'm attacking. You're going to make every one of your creatures block that guy. Yep, and everything else gets through. Even, the,
2: even if you don't have an indestructible guy, a lot of times it's just going to be advantageous. I swing with seven creatures. And I'm going to sacrifice one, basically, and I'm going to make all your guys block one of them right? so that you take all this damage and another player takes all the damage. Or you take twice the amount of damage if you're the named player. It, invasion Plans really makes it so, like, your creatures get through for combat damage. Yeah, pretty brutal. Uh, Grand Melee is another one. It's three in a red um, for an enchantment. It says all creatures attack each turn of able
1: and all creatures block each turn of fable. Yeah, this really messes with your opponents because now they have to attack. And even if they attack you, you can probably set up good blocks or whatever. But the thing is, they're going to probably lose some cards in the process, and then they leave themselves open to every other person attacking. So let's say player A swings out entirely at player B. Player B takes his turn. Well, sweet, I can swing it at you. And then if he does, player C takes their turn. They can swing out at any of those first two people. So it really turns it into a huge table table brawl and you're probably going to be on the better end of that because you're doing more you're doing twice as much damage as anyone else and also it just guarantees that you can after the first round of the table you can attack every turn because
2: they're not going to have any untapped creatures they had to attack with all of them you know maybe they have the one that they played besides that you 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 can just get through for damage most of the time and Sasuke is going to be able to win that kind of a game more often than a deck that's not prepared for that kind of a fight yeah Pair that with, like, a ghostly prison, and you're pretty safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good. Um, the next category is give them haste. So make it a brawl and then give your dudes haste. Xenagos, god of revels, Xenagod, as we like to say, is uh, three red-green for a 6-5 god, enchantment creature god. Indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Xenagos isn't a creature. And then at the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste, and gets plus X, plus X, X until end of turn, where X is that creature's power. So you double its power, give its haste.
1: It makes them huge. Yep. Especially if they have trample. I mean, that's the big thing, right? Like, now you are just smacking people for so much damage. It's just super good. You
2: grow your creature. You give it haste. It mean, and it's an indestructible enchantment, so it's going to be out there
1: most of the game. Mm-hmm. Just giving everything haste and making it huge. It's just so good. Um, Oh, Anger. Yeah, it's a 2-2 with haste for 3 and a red. As long as Anger is in your graveyard and you control a mountain, creatures you control have haste. The cool thing about this is that if you just play it as a 4-mana 2-2 and swing with it and you have Sasuke out, people won't want to block it, and then you're just doing a lot of damage with Anger himself. Pair it up with something like Xenogod, and Anger gets huge, and people still don't want to block it because they don't want to give all your creatures haste. They're in the between the rock and the tough place. A rock hard, and a tough hard place. place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've made it a brawl. We've given them haste. Now we
2: got to get them through. So they got to get through for damage. Uh, there's a couple cards that do this. Urabraska the Hidden is the first one I have. Mm-hmm. It's three red red for a four four Praetor. It says creatures you control have haste, which also fits in the last section. But it also says creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Good luck playing blockers. Yep. If you get that in Grand Melee, they're just, they're never going to block. They have to <laughs> attack with all their creatures. Their creatures enter are tapped. It's just, they can't block forever. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super, super good. Um, and this next
1: one's very simple, but I think it's really good in the deck and you can find it with Sunforger. Mm-hmm. Falter, one in a red instant. Creatures without flying can't block this turn. We always say Falter effects. There are a lot of cards in Magic's history that do things like this. And it's usually, you see a card like this and go, like, no, this is awful. Why would you ever play this? But in a Sasuke deck, if it means that you're killing two people with it, then GG. Yep, GGs. Um, Uh, I would also recommend a card like Authority of the Consoles, uh, which is similar to Eurobrask in that it makes uh, your opponent's creatures enter the battlefield tapped, and you also get a life whenever they enter the battlefield. So, hey. And you're probably going to be racing a lot in a deck like this, too, because, like I
2: said, you're trying to make it a scrum. So that could give you the life that you need for when everybody's having to attack with creatures that you come out ahead. Mm -hmm. This next guy also can gain you some life, but ups the damage to a considerable level. It's our friend, Bruce Tarl. Bruce. The Borish Hoarder. He likes to drink vodka. <laughs> Wodka? Yeah, well, I think he's Russian. I have no yeah. idea if he is. I just said that. Um, he's, <laughs> he's two red and a white for a 3-3. Three, three. Legendary creature, human ally. We read him earlier, but I'll read him again. Whenever he attacks or enters the battlefield, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's just like pumping a guy, getting a bunch of life hitting somebody for a million damage, and then also
1: a trigger hitting somebody else with it.
2: This next one is these. If there was one card to add to the deck, this is it.
1: Yeah, Triumph of the Hordes, two green, green, four mana, sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample and infect. So you're just going to kill someone. You're uh, just going to kill someone. Usually this prompts out everyone's biggest and best response. You play Triumph of the Hordes. If someone's been holding onto a counter spell, it's coming out. If someone's holding on to a tap all your creatures, it's coming out. If someone holds on to an instant speed board wipe, it's happening. So Triumph of the Hordes also has that ability to just take the best card from your opponent's hands immediately. But if you do it when everybody's tapped out, you're gonna win probably. There's a really good yeah. chance you kill everyone. You Be- could kill everyone on, everyone on turn five with this kind of deck too, with Saskia, you know, in, in a way to double strike or a way to just get her more power as Enegod. Like there's tons of ways where Triumph of the Hordes just outright wins you the game very early on.
2: Yeah, because you can swing at somebody. And that damage is all going to go to somebody else also. It'll Mm -hmm. still have Infect. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times this allows you to split your creatures so that, oh, well, you're... I can get two of you with a normal attack, and then the Saskia damage can get the other one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Knock them dead. Oh, that card. Yeah. Knock them dead. (laughs) All right. Time for To The Listeners. You guys. So, we're really interested to see what is a card that you think is a must include in the Saskia deck that we missed, and also, what card or cards from the current deck would you take out to make room for those cards that you just said we missed?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how other people are building Saskia. Obviously, there's a lot you can do. You can do double combat steps. Um, you can do stuff like uh, that doubles combat damage. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to go about it. I think um, Saskia has the potential to be one of the cards, be one of the decks that just ends games quickly. Like you want you want the game to be over quickly, you bring out the Zenigata deck or the Saskia deck and things are going to be... Things are going to be done sooner rather than later. I
2: mean, uh, this deck is going to be a high variance, right? Some decks you'll just clean house Mm -hmm. and just be throwing haymakers and get everybody out fast. And some decks somebody will board wipe twice, and you'll just be like, okay, I can't win that game. Yeah, hope you draw ghost way. Yeah, exactly. All right, time for our second Card Kingdom shout-out, cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. That's the link we want you to use when you order cards, because that will tell them that we're the ones that sent you. And you want to order your cards through Card Kingdom because they'll get them to you as fast as possible. They ship stuff out so fast. We've had a lot of stories, a lot of people on Twitter come to us and say like, you guys weren't kidding. I ordered things from two different places. One was Card
1: Kingdom and I got the one from Card Kingdom days before the other place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Card Kingdom is great. Um, We're gonna record some more gameplay videos very soon. And uh, I need cards by next Wednesday to build my deck
2: oh man, I, you're ordering cards i'm just using cards i already own well i mean there might be
1: one or two cards no right? that's a good point i'm ordering cards from card have... kingdom tonight it'll be there in time oh definitely will be there in time so yeah that's that's like it's a huge pressure off me because i'm like oh shoot i need to i do i need to go to an lgs to find these what if they don't have them i can just order off card kingdom and just know that they're going to get to me very quickly they're going to be shipped probably the same day and get to me before the the uh, the event um, I'm glad that you warned me because I gotta up my game. I gotta step my game up. I mean, there's, I'm gonna try. I don't want to take cards out of other decks because I gotta remember where they go and stuff. And you know, so I'm just gonna try. And I was just gonna use cards that I already had laying around, but okay. <laughs> I definitely have enough to do that. I'm sure there's gonna be one or two though that I will either be like, why don't I have a foil version of this? <laughs> <laughs> that's how Jimmy rolls, everybody. That's how I roll. <laughs> All right, so make sure you go to cardkingdom.com/commandzone to let us let them know that we sent you, and that's our affiliate link. All right. Make
2: sure to also visit our Patreon page. So we did talk about it at the start of the show. We're going to plug it for the next few shows, and then I'm sure we'll dial it back, so please don't get too annoyed. But we do need your help. We do need your support. Uh, we've just gotten to the point where the show is just at the maximum
1: we can level we can get it to with our own... Pocket books. Yeah. There is a lot of other costs associated with the show. Every time that we send out stuff, we always send out prizes internationally, and that costs a lot just to send three boosters across the water for me personally. I don't think
2: people realize that like 90% of the prizes that we've given out over the lifetime of the show are just from you and I. That's just our stuff. I mean, we've gotten stuff from Wizards sometimes, and Mm -hmm. Card Kingdom has done one or two uh, contests with us, but literally most of the things that we've sent out, that's just our stuff that we just want to send out to the listeners. Yep. Uh, You know, that's just how the type of show that we wanted to run, and so that's how we do it. We're not trying to recoup losses from stuff like that either. We want to make that very clear. This is all for stuff moving forward to improve the show and do things like Kitchen Table Fables, more gameplay videos, other ideas we have. So please, patreon.com slash
1: command zone. Go there and check out all the cool rewards and things you can get and also just support the show. All right, moving on to the end step where we talk about something outside the world of magic. We're talking about a podcast today. We're talking about the Command Zone podcast because (laughs) someone named Joel Hammett sent us an email. Joel, you are awesome. Yeah. uh, So... Joel says, hey, guys, I'm a huge fan of the show and absolutely love the music intro you guys do. Thanks, man. I was curious and went through and made a spreadsheet of each episode with the music used for the intro. Not sure if you guys have kept track, but I have and will continue to do so. I thought you guys would love to see which songs you have used. I'd be interested to know how long into the show you guys think you started the music intro because I was way off in my guess. Hope you enjoy the list and keep up the great work. The podcast is easily my top five of all time. Joel made a spreadsheet. We're and going to it, have to send this and have Terry put it on screen. It is unbelievable. So, Really quickly, because
2: it's an interesting, interesting question. When you saw this email the first time, what did you think was
1: like, when did we start the song thing? Yeah, I would like for everyone at home listening or in your car or wherever, uh, what episode do you think we started doing the song intros as? And the answer is 48. Yeah, really 50, because you say music, music. Yeah, yeah, so music, the metal edition. So Joel has done an amazing job uh, listing out every episode. There's no songs up until episode 48, and that was when I started going music, music, music. And we Little didn't. known fact is Jimmy used to always do that.
2: So we would
1: always <laughs> yeah. we just wouldn't put that in the show. So Jimmy would
2: be like music, 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 music. He was getting himself, he was like the the theme music. Yeah, because music, it was music, it music. would be
1: the intro of the show. dun, you're music the Music,
2: music, music, music. Hi, I'm Jimmy Wong. Like that's how he would do it every time, like yeah. all 47 times. Imagining that the intro music was playing. Yeah, but that time Eli, who was the editor at, uh, of our show at the time, decided to actually include that as part of the show.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Two episodes later is the first time I think, I guess we sang an actual song. Yep. We started it all off with Funk Soul Brother by Fatboy Slim. Right about, about now. now, the funk soul, soul brother. brother, check it, it out now. The <laughs> funk soul brother. brother, yeah. And then we start, and then so Joel has gone through and written down every single song we did, which is amazing because so many of the times it's like music, music freestyle, or welcome to the welcome to Commander freestyle, Batman theme, Batman theme, <laughs> uh, Pentatonix unknown song. I love that too. <laughs> um, and there's, you know, we missed a bunch in the beginning, and then we get very steady into it by like episode 68. We just go. Yeah, we're kind of intermittent. We don't we don't know it's a thing yet. Mm-hmm. And then around
2: yeah episode seventy, that's when it's like oh every single time yeah. we do a song. Now
1: I'm curious. There's only a couple songs we've repeated, which I I, I was. Well, that's what I was fascinated by. Is that we've actually repeated a few songs a bunch. For instance, my favorite is that we have repeated uh, "Hooked on a Feeling" twice. Twice. Ready, steady, go. We yeah. did it a couple times.
2: Ready, steady, go.
1: Yeah. Which is not even a real song. It's. Just... <laughs> okay. Ready, steady, go. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but it's great now we get to see and there's some of them are like bonus songs like we did shine Bright like a diamond as a bonus song once for some reason so shine
2: Bright like a diamond that means he went through the rest of the
1: episode and also categorized the songs man joel joel you're awesome yeah you're awesome this is this, this, yeah this is awesome um and it's good too because moving forward now we know the songs that we've sang so we'll we'll try we'll be to careful yeah we'll be careful to not do the repeats he even <laughs> included the sideboard episodes and the spoiler episodes like he, it was this is awesome i i I'm so glad that this was made, because never in a million years would I have thought, like, I'm going to go through and and make a spreadsheet for all the songs we've sang in every episode. I didn't even remember. When I looked at it, I remembered some of them. And I was like,
2: oh, yeah, I totally forgot about
1: that. Yeah. 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 It's great. We should give Joel another song. Yeah. Joel? Um, For the second additional song of this episode. uh, Wait. I had a song
2: that I was going to sing at the open. It was a Christmas song like yours. Oh, yeah. Hark! How the bells, sweet silver bells, all mm, sing to say, "God is awake. Christmas is here. Come the cheer to young and old, me and the boy."
1: Bombing while people sing, while the
2: dear Christmas
1: is here. Have a merry, merry, merry Christmas! Have a merry, silver bells, all say, "God is awake." Bomb, wow. There you go, Joel. That was just for you. That was just for you. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> You're making we're killing Josh over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm uh, okay.
2: Make sure you listen to the Masters of Modern <laughs> podcast.
1: This is a segway.
2: Man just died. Oh boy, uh, Masters of Modern podcast, our sister podcast. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman talk about modern as a format and all things competitive magic. You can follow them at the MM Cast, and you can also find them right next to us on Collected Dot Company,
1: our new Magic hub. Yeah, and a lot more is gonna happen on that hub. Uh, Patreon is a step towards developing our brand and everything about us in that direction. So make sure you check that out. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Does a great job on all of the video podcasts. So if Where you want to see the stuff that we're talking about, see these brand new cards, go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast to find all of that there, as well as our gameplay video that we just did, as well as the kitchen table fable skits we did. There's so much stuff there. And it's a great way to indulge yourself in the content that's beyond just listening and on the podcast. Uh, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who also provided the awesome living card animations that you see at the beginning of the show. And at the end, you can find them on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time.
2: Peace. On Earth, goodwill to men.
1: Goodwill to everyone. Thank you
0: for your attention.